Hello and welcome to today's episode of Happier Days, a podcast all about adding or creating more happiness into your days. My name is Narelle Crozier. I'm a mindset and results coach. I'm also a full-time teacher and I started my podcasting journey in December of 2022. All right, so today's episode speaks to all the teachers out there, and I'm very excited to be interviewing someone I've been following for about five years. A colleague of mine put me onto her work, and I tell you what, it's made my teaching life way easier. Um, I'd like to welcome Amy O'Grady to the Happier Days podcast today. She is an Australian teacher who's been teaching for over a decade. She's the person behind Mrs. Amy123 who helps passionate Aussie teachers save time when conquering the curriculum by providing complete units and engaging resources. She is the founder of Teacher Treat, the first subscription surprise box for teachers in Australia, which I love. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the Happier Days podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so excited. You are a passionate teacher and that comes across in your videos, your Facebook posts and the resources you provide. I'm passionate about teachers and I think what you do is inspiring and it supports teachers, which I 100% love. And I essentially want to know how you do it all as a teacher (laughs) and everything else, but we might get into that. But I'd love to hear first um, who you are, where you're from and what's your your background or your story? So I live in WA, have lived here all my life in the beautiful Southwest down in a little town called Bunbury. And I've known for a very long time, since I was very little, that I wanted to be a teacher. And so straight out of high school, went straight to university here at ECU and graduated. My first year, I went out country. So I went to a little town called Cundin at a district high school. And then I was lucky enough in my second year of school to be able to get back to my hometown. And I've been teaching at the same school ever since. And it's my 13th year at that school this year. So I love my little school. Well, I shouldn't really call it little. It's not that little. Um, and me personally, I was also very lucky to marry my high school sweetheart and we have two gorgeous little girls together and two furry babies as well. Somewhere along that route, I decided that I wanted to start a business as well. And I just love planning. That is next to actually teaching the kids. Planning is like my favorite thing to do. And I could spend every day, all day planning. So I was like, why not? make those resources for teachers and get them out there and help others who maybe aren't as quick as I am or who don't have the time to do planning or just don't want to. So yeah, that's that's my story. That's awesome. I like, I'm blown away by all your planning and how you teach as well. So that that's, you know, inspires me, I guess, and I'm speaking directly to Australian teachers. We've seen a few changes in the curriculum in our teaching careers And we're well aware that the curriculum is overloaded, but I'm curious to hear from you as to what may have been your struggles you've experienced as a teacher or the struggles that other teachers experience and they seek you out for that support or help. I've always been very lucky on the planning side of things. The planning of outcomes seems to come very naturally to me. My my personal struggles when it comes to teaching is more dealing with parents and the sort of politics that go on there, that, that's always been my struggle is how do you integrate parents in a successful way without all the drama? And then what other people come to me for is usually when they're overwhelmed because there is so many facets to teaching. There are so many things that we have to do. So how, to, how do you fit all of that in? 
And then the other problem that I see a lot of is just people worried that they're not doing a good enough job, that they're not doing the best by their students, that they're not teaching things right, that they're not keeping up with everything that they need to do. So yeah, they're the, the big ones that I hear from, from other teachers, which I think are very classic problems. Yes. And I would have to agree with you. Parents are not um, essentially my strong suit. I've I've had some experiences that have, you know, really probably tarnished my teaching life. And so I completely understand that one. And yeah, definitely overwhelm and how to get it all done. So I, I hear you. And, so, and I don't think that overwhelm feeling ever fully goes away. I don't think no. as being a teacher, it, it can never go away. It will always hover over us. Yeah. Yeah. And I was listening to your back to school series for graduates the other day. And just, I love that you said, you know, it's never enough mm. along those lines and that, that there's always work to do and you can't fit it all in. No, no, definitely not. There, there's no way physically possible to fit everything in and to do everything. There is yeah. always something more that you can, can do, will do, should do, could do. So in Western Australia, teachers are still on holidays, but I know teachers are already working hard in preparation for the new year. Um, I've moved classrooms and I think you have too. Um, I have too, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> there's fun a bit of work to do. <laughs> I'm eager to hear what your top tips for teachers are to ensure their happiness and positive mental health in the lead up in going back to school. Yeah, I think mental health is the key thing there. Like the biggest tip that I can ever give is that no teacher has it all together. No teacher is free from that overwhelm. Like even a teacher who's been teaching for a decade or 20 years or 50 years, we are all going through the exact same thing, especially at the beginning of the year. We are all completely overwhelmed. We all feel like we are drowning. And if you can get into your head that that is everyone and that it is okay to be feeling that way, I think that is the biggest tip that I give every teacher, especially new graduates, is that we all feel that way and it's okay and that we can get through it together. And there's no magic wand that will get rid of that completely. And I think once teachers accept that, it, it can really help with that whole drain at the beginning of the year and that, that mental health. Uh, another one I is to prioritise. I think because there is so much we can do, do a big, big brain dump, write it all down, write all the stuff that you want to get done, that you think you need to get done, and then pick out the top three and go, okay, these are the ones that I cannot survive without or that my school will not let me get away without doing. Pick out those real big ones and then focus on them first and just try and block all of the other ones out. Then I think also trying to get rid of that guilt, that guilty feeling of going home each day and going, I didn't get it all done today. Trying to be able to say to yourself that, that that's okay. I got what I needed to done. I got those main big ones ticked off for the day and that it's, you know, okay to let go of the rest of them. It's okay that the rest of them didn't get done. So yeah, they're, they're my biggest tips at the beginning of the year. They're all to do with mental health because I think that is so important. And I don't think we as teachers talk about our mental health enough. We, we complain about things that we have to do, but we don't talk necessarily about how that's actually affecting us mentally and how much of a load we're taking home with all of that. And, you know, not being able to sleep at night and, and not being there for our families more and not having the space for them in our heads. 100% agree with that, that teacher guilt. We all experience it, but we definitely, I agree, don't talk about it enough. And yet dreaming about the kids and the class and the planning, that that's a constant thing. So yeah, I appreciate those tips. And you mentioned about having time for your family, et cetera. So something I love hearing from you is that work-life balance. 
And some years ago, it was brought to my attention that I did a lot of work at home. I was a new graduate at the time Mm -hmm. and I was working at a school of the air and I didn't really think that I was doing a lot at home, but clearly I was. And that really hit home for me and it was really hard to hear. And I've made changes since then about the work that I do, if any, at home. And I'd really love to hear your take on this topic. Yeah, I made it very clear the moment that I had kids that my work was going to be at work and my home was for home. So as soon as my kids were born, I would leave home to go to work and then I was fully present at work. I would do the most I could at work. I wouldn't slack off. I would really go gung-ho with all my time. And then come three o'clock when that bell went, my last student went out the door, I was off to my car and I was home and then I was present with my kids and I didn't do any work at home. Now, that's a bit funny to say because my business is also all about teaching. So I still get that kick out of doing those sorts of things at home, but that would be after my kids went to sleep. So if if I wanted to do work at home, I'm not going to feel guilty about that. If if you know I want to make something, then I'm going to, to do those things at home, but I don't feel the need to. I, I feel like when I'm at school, if I'm totally present and I get all of those things done that I need to do at school, then I can have that space and that time for my family at home. So really just, just setting those boundaries yourself and being okay and no, that's not really the right way to say it. It's having the boundaries and making it what you're happy with. So if you want to stay that extra hour at school and work until four o'clock and be happy with that and that's what works for you, then that's you know fine to do that. But if you find yourself at school until seven o'clock every night and you're not having time for your family, that's when you've really got to say, okay, I need to draw the line somewhere and then just drawing the line and just, just do it. Just cold turkey, go home at that time and see what happens. See what's the worst thing that happens if you leave school at the time that you actually want to. And I think most teachers will find that the world doesn't cave in, that you manage to just make do with the time that you've got. And yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I think we can always fill up more time if we give ourselves more time for a task. But if we've only got 30 minutes in the morning to prep for our first little bit, we're going to use that time. We're going to get it done. It, it's yeah. just amazing how that will work. Yes. Uh, you know, I used to be a big believer in getting to school super early, getting everything done before everybody else arrived because my room was on the way to places. So people would stop in, but um, Mm. I now live much further away from school. So (laughs) I can't get there at the time that I, you know, ideally like, but I've just learned to let it go. And I get there when I get there and things get done. I've probably gotten better at doing a little bit more at the end of the day in preparation for the next day. So I'm still learning. This is uh, year 16 or 17, I think. So (laughs) still learning how to tweak, you know, my day, but yes, definitely setting boundaries on the time you start and time you finish. And, you know, if you feel like making a resource, you'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. And for some people that's, that's their happy place is coming home and making a display or coming home and making a resource for the next day. That's what calms them down. That's what fills their bucket. And if that's what fills your bucket, you shouldn't feel guilty about that either. And I think there seems to be this two extremes on social media at the moment where some people are saying you can't do anything at home and other people who are saying, oh, you should be doing all this stuff at home. And I think there's a happy medium in between where it's okay to do the amount that you're okay to do and to not feel guilty about that either either yeah. side. And I also- think as we get further on into our teaching as well, we will build up systems that help us with managing our workload. And I'm always the type of person that's trying to see how can I do something more effectively? 
how can I get more bang for my buck or get more done in the time span that I have? So doing little things like visit the photocopier once a day, try and make sure you've got everything you need to photocopy that morning and then you're done because every time you take a trip that's an extra couple minutes out of your day and then once you can do once a day visits to the photocopier try and stretch that out to once every three days and then try and stretch that out to okay I'm only going to go to the photocopier once a week and little things like that improving on your systems every single year every single week you'll see that you'll start to save more and more time and that helps with the whole work-life balance and being able to fit everything in or fit as much as you can in. Love it as I have been tidying up in my little study and you know I have Mrs Amy's treat boxes everywhere (laughs) Um, so I would just love to know this I think this is the best idea when I saw this I was like finally someone doing something for teachers what was your thinking or process or idea behind that actually it was just being jealous of seeing all of the makeup people on YouTube opening up surprise boxes and I was like well you know I don't mind makeup but I don't want you know, lots and lots of makeup around the place. I'm not going to use all of that. Why can't there be one for teachers? Because I would love to get resources and stationery and little things that I can use in the classroom. That is something that I would like. And because I couldn't find it out there in Australia, I think at the time there was one American company doing it in America. And I looked at their boxes and I was like, not quite my thing either. So then I was like, well, I can do this. This is something that I could do in Australia and give that to other teachers. And yeah, luckily it really took off and other people like it as well. I'm obsessed with the Paper Mate Ink Joy Pen. Oh, they're oh. the best pens ever, aren't they? Oh, I know. This is, oh, I'm so I'm so silly about stationery and these pens are amazing. And I found some more in Officeworks at the end of December and I'm like, no, I'm buying them. Mm-hmm. But all the stickers, I, I really appreciate everything in the box. And it's nice to get something for us. I, I spend uh, probably a bit too much money on my kids in the classroom. So I <laughs> love that I'm getting something. For a change. Yeah, it's very much like that. It's like it with your own kids as well. You're always happy to spend money on your literal physical kids and your classroom yeah. kids, but it's always harder to spend money on us. Yeah. But I really try hard with the things that I curate in the boxes to make them things that teachers are actually going to use, that they're not just going to be little knickknacks that you look at for two seconds and then throw out. Like it's actually something that will make teachers' lives easier or more interesting or just give you that little bit of fun yeah. for you as a teacher when you're teaching love it thank you so much for that that's been awesome and I love getting them every term and um, the Christmas treat boxes as well oh they're they're so much work but I love I love doing the advent calendars they are very cool and it's it's also a very selfish thing that I do it as well because it sometimes enables me to get items from America that otherwise teachers in Australia wouldn't have access to including me so I know in my next box I have this resource going in that I have never seen in Australia and I want one so bad. And so being able to order things in slightly cheaper by doing it for the teacher treat boxes in terms of not having to pay for like enormous amount of shippings for just one item for myself. It's just, yeah, really cool that I can get these these things in for us to try in Australia. Yeah, that's awesome. Before we go today, I'd like to ask you some quick questions, you know, just a quick response, just to get to know you a little bit better. Did you have a favourite teacher at school? And if so, who were they and what made them special? Yes, I remember every single primary teacher I have, I had, sorry. And it's interesting because I'll talk to other people like my husband and he won't remember half of the teachers that he had. So I don't know that I had one favourite. I think I loved them all so much and I can see elements of every single one of them in the teacher that I am today. 
like I can I can go well this game came from here and this technique came from this teacher and this lesson came from this teacher so yeah I, I loved them all I yeah if there are any teachers here listening who used to teach at Kerry Park and taught me I I love you all something that's comes up a bit at our school is that if they can should teachers take their breaks in the staff room I always say that I think you should take some time in the staff room at least once a day if you can make it I know COVID has made that very very hard so even though I have personally I have social phobia so having social interactions with other people is very hard for me and takes a lot out of me I try and go up every single recess again that hasn't happened very much because of COVID but then my lunch times are my time and I will do a working lunch. I'll do a working lunch if I'm behind on marking and I will sit there and eat my lunch while I'm marking so that I don't have to do it at home. Uh, sometimes I'll sit there and just scroll through YouTube and just do my own thing. So yeah, I try and get myself out there. I try and push for a little bit of being social with others and, and getting out there and hearing what's happening in the rest of the school and you know that sort of thing. So yeah, I think, I think we should try and, and get there a little bit. What do you love most about teaching? The kids the the kids their their smiles and the way that they learn and the way that the brain their brains think and the progress that they make over a year it's it's all about the kids for me they they light me up what is the biggest lesson you've learned about yourself from either a mistake that you might have made or just in teaching in general oh that's a hard one actually probably just that I can do hard things yeah. Like there has been so many trials that I've been through as a teacher and the fact that I've survived all of them and I'm still a teacher, I think, yeah, that I can do hard things is probably yeah. the biggest lesson that I've taken away from being a teacher. I'm always curious to ask this question of everybody, but how do you start your day? I always start my alarm 10 minutes before I actually want to get up so I can just sit in bed, cuddle my dogs, scroll on Facebook if I want to. And then, yeah, once I get up, it's chaos in my house. It's getting my two girls ready for school and getting breakfast. And then we live quite a way away from my school that I work at where my kids also go to school. So, yeah, it's just go, go, go from there. <laughs> and finally, is there anything special or unique that you could share with the listeners that they may not have heard or haven't read on your website that's not really known by others? Is this like a fact about me? yeah. Gosh, I share so much. I don't know if there's something that I don't share. Uh, I, everything I think of, I think I've already shared in one place or another. What uh, are your I dog's names? In my school, uh, um, my dog's names, I have Shiloh, who's my little white fluffy Japanese spits, and I have River, who's my golden retriever, and they cover me in dog hair every <laughs> single day. So if you ever see me in person, be prepared for the dog hair. Oh, 100%. I had huskies for a long time. I now have a husky and an English pointer and yeah, dog hair. I understand it. Rolly brushes everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I um, love huskies. I love how you can keep brushing them and the fur will just keep coming out and coming yeah. out and coming out. It never stops. Yeah. I used yeah. to have a husky as well. They're gorgeous dogs. Mine, mine is, she is something else. She's, she's only a puppy and she's very different to the huskies I've owned in the past. So she's teaching me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is essentially all I have for today. Thank you so much, Amy. I've really appreciated chatting with you today. I'm glad that I've learned more about you and what teachers are facing out there and that we are essentially all the same and we're going through the same things, as well as your tips for happier teaching days, because that's important. What are the best places for listeners to find you and your resources? So I am Mrs. Amy123 everywhere. I'm Mrs. Amy123.com for my website, Mrs. Amy123 
on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and TikTok. So it's quite easy to find me. Okay. I, I picked a very simple business name. <laughs> <laughs> All the links uh, will be in the show notes um, so that you can reach out to Amy, find her resources or subscribe to the teacher treat boxes. Thanks everyone for listening. And thank you again, Amy, for joining me today. Until next time, here's to happier teaching days. Thank you.